Hi, I'm Barry LaBeouf. I have been on the route of all success, enjoying the real, the truly real Jason Duncan today. Please stay tuned. We talk about vulnerability. We talk about differentiation. We talk about rock bands and we talk about motorcycles. Let's have fun. Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The, the real, real Jason, Jason Duncan. Duncan. Welcome back to another edition of the show. I am the real Jason Duncan, and it's a pleasure to have you with me here today because I've got a rock star of an entrepreneur on the show today who's done a lot of cool stuff, won a lot of cool awards, but probably has failed a lot too. And we're going to hear some of his stories about how he failed and how he overcame that. But I've got Barry LaBeouf on the show today. And what the, what's cool about people like Barry is that when we, when like when I'm interviewed on a show, nobody knows who I am. And, and I'm sure that a lot of you don't know who he is. But the cool thing is you're going to hear stories where like, oh, I resonate with that. because so we don't have to talk to the Elon Musks of the world to hear cool stories that we can resonate with. We don't have to talk to the Jeff Bezos. We can talk to the guys that are in the grind right now, building great businesses, great brands, and we can pull nuggets out. So that's what I've got for you today. So let me tell you a little bit about who Barry is. He's a two-time Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year award winner. He's an inductee into the Entrepreneur Hall of Fame. So we got a Hall of Famer with us today, folks. He's a nationally recognized, respected author. He's a uh, speaker, a brand strategist, and he's a channel man engagement specialist. And he has a, a forthcoming book that's coming out we're going to be talking about on the show because you're going to get a chance at the very end, if you wait around, you're going to get a chance to do a pre-order of this book. It's just for you. So don't don't miss this. It's going to be at the very end. He's the founder, the president, and the CEO of a company called LaBove Marketing Communications and Training. And what they do is they're a full service agency that specializes in working with corporations that have dealer distributor uh, channel networks. And so they've worked with brands in automotive, recreational products, premium spirits, motorcycles, one of the things I love. Also, premium spirits, love those too. Uh, PE firms, et cetera. So this guy's worked with, his company's no joke. Like, you can go check him out at labove.com. That's L-A-B-O-V.com. Um, he's authored and co-authored over a dozen business books, written over 100 business articles. And uh, he's got this new book coming out called The Power of Differentiation. And that's a key word that I think we're going to probably talk a little bit about today on the show. But I just want to say how glad I am to have Barry LaBeouf on the show. Barry, welcome to the show. JD, thank you. I listen to your podcast. And one thing I want to give you a compliment on, which I think is really unique, is you are vulnerable. You say, hey, I screwed up here. I failed here. You look for the areas where you fell short because you want to learn from them. And you're willing to embrace the fact you're human, 
And that's one of the reasons I was so excited to get on the show, because I think that is interesting as opposed to a lot of times you hear people talk and it's like everything went great. The wind's always behind them. Everything's been perfect. Well, that's not reality, everybody. And it's great. And I think you are a leader in sharing reality to people and giving them hope, positive hope that, hey, wait a minute. Okay, yeah, you fell, but you know what? You can pick yourself up and you will be better for it. So thank you, JD. Well, that's very, very kind of you to say. The check is in the mail. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting about doing a show like this, when I started back in 2020 recording recording these episodes, and I really didn't know what I was doing or what to expect. And over time, that just natural vulnerability comes out because you forget that there could be thousands of people listening at any one moment or hundreds of thousands over a period of time have listened to the shows. And, and it's like, uh, you know, even though the show is not about me, I do some solo episodes every once in a while. And those are where I really get vulnerable. But, um, but, but, but I want to mention something because this might be a jumping off point for us to talk about this, uh, Barry, is that I just, over the last quarter of 2023, went through one of the worst seasons of my entire life. And I'm writing about it in my newsletters. If you're a subscriber to my newsletter, am, you've seen I'm, that. I know you are because you, you've been kind enough to respond. I commented on your last one. I sent you a comment. It was great. But I, but I, um, what's interesting about what going through this thing, and I wonder if you, what you think about this, is that I hear tons of people like you and me stand on stage and we give these great motivational speeches about entrepreneurship and business leadership. And we talk about how many times we overcame adversity and blah, blah, blah. Okay. But, but we never get the guy on stage who's in the middle of the category five crap storm. We never get that guy because if you're in the middle of it, you know, you're not going to talk about it. But what I did Barry, is I, I recorded, like I documented the entire crap storm that I was in. And I don't know why I thought about doing this, but I know that the first one I shot was in October and I got a terrible message from one of my vendors on a, on a, on a, um, on a text message and it wrecked me, absolutely wrecked me. And so I went to the cigar club that I'm a member of, sat down, got a cigar and a glass of water by myself in a corner and put my phone up on the like desk and just talked to the phone for 30 minutes. And then I started doing that pretty much every day for about a month and a half and the ebbs and flows of I don't know what I'll do with these videos. I have no idea. They're not published. Nobody can see them but me right now. But I don't know. Like, why don't we talk about what goes on in the middle? What What is it about our our egos as entrepreneurs that we don't talk about what's happening when things are not happening well? You know, one of my favorite sayings, and I literally say this numerous times a week, is things are never as good as you think, and they're never as bad as you think. And you know, we'll have something happen at our company. I'll go, oh, crap, why'd that happen? Oh, no, we're all going to die. Again. And I have to just stop anymore and just go, you know what? Okay, just somehow we'll all survive this. We'll all get through it. And likewise, something great comes up and I hear, oh, it's great, we're going to go. Okay, okay. And I say to myself, look, that's great. But nothing's as great as it sounds and nothing is as bad. I think we as entrepreneurs want to appear to be omnipotent. We've got it all figured out. It's amazing. We're successful. Because remember, if our clients hear that we screwed up or we fell short, well, maybe they won't want to work with us. So I think we're afraid of those things. And I get it. But as I've gotten older in my uh, business and in my real life, of course, um, 
I've come to grips with the fact that, you know what? Nobody's perfect. Nothing's perfect. Who cares? Um, be honest, do the right thing for the client, do the right thing for your people. And it will not always turn out perfectly. It won't, but more or less, it's the right way to go because you can sleep at night. So I think JD, your question's great. I think we avoid being vulnerable because we're afraid of how people will look at us and that's wrong, but it's human. Yeah. I, I refer to that as toxic self-consciousness. You know, there, there needs to be an appropriate level of self-consciousness, self-awareness, but it becomes toxic when we act and don't act in certain ways only because of what the perception will be on the outside. And I've learned over the last four or five months, how, how toxic that can actually be and how dangerous it can be to our, you know, who, who we are inside. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I, but I, but I, again, I appreciate the, the comments about the vulnerability. I'm trying to be appropriately vulnerable in a, in a space like this, but, but enough about me and let's, let's talk about how you've built a significant business that's working with national and international brands, um, at, at LaBeouf. So you, you've won entrepreneur of the year with Ernst and Young, you've, you've, uh, entrepreneur hall of fame. So you've done some noteworthy things. How did, how did that all start for you? When did you start as an entrepreneur to get into the, what you're doing now? Well, I think this is maybe a valuable thing for the, for the audience. And that is I did not plan to do what I'm doing today. That wasn't my plan. So a lot of entrepreneurs, everybody go, oh, I had this vision. I was going to be blah, blah, blah. No, that wasn't, that wasn't it for me. I, um, very early on, I really wanted to play music. I loved music. So when I was a little kid, I started out playing uh, clarinet, which is, you know, not a very manly, exciting rock and roll instrument. And then I taught <laughs> myself drums. I have a family uh, lineage of good drummers. So I was a drummer. Now I'm talking about when I was 10 years old. So by the time I was 14, I was in a rock band, a two-man rock band with my brother. He played guitar and sang. I sang, played drums, and played keyboards once in a while with my right hand while I was drive, uh, uh, drumming. So you can just imagine it was not, it was not the Beatles. It did not sound great. <laughs> but what happened was I fell in love with the idea of doing music. So that was my vision in my life. I'm going to write songs. I'm going to be in a band. You know, I, I was in a band, um, that was on American bandstand. It was, uh, on MTV. And I like to say my music sold well under 1 million copies. Okay. So it was not a big success. Uh, but what happened was one day I was at the recording studio and I was working for peanuts, but I was, I was in the recording business and I was in my recording studio and the musician said to me, Hey, we're not getting paid by your boss. And I said, well, we're having rough times. I haven't been paid in like a month. And they said, yeah, but we're not getting paid. And, and you know, we were promised that. So here is the pivotal moment. You asked me that question, Jason. Here's the pivotal moment in my life. And it was 40-ish uh, years ago. I talked to my wife one morning and I said, you know, I think the boss is not paying the musicians. And I don't mind going without money for a while which in retrospect was crazy, but that's how I felt. But I said, <laughs> we have promised the musicians and these musicians are my friends. I gave my word that if they came in and played, they'd get paid. 
So I said, I'm going to go talk to the boss today. And she said, well, what do you think will happen? And I said, well, if he's dishonest, he's going to lie about it and say, no, no, everything's fine. I'm paying him. Blah, blah, blah. So I said, I'm not worried about it. So I go in. This is before cell phones and everything else. So I, I drive in. And I said to the boss, I said, I said, I know you're not paying me, but we have promised to pay the musicians. They say you're not paying them. And he says, yeah, we're not. I said, well, what do you mean you're not? He said, I'm not paying them. I said, well, look, you just bought yourself a brand new Porsche. You're not paying me. I know the business is having a rough time, but you promised to pay them. I cannot work for you. I quit. So he looked at me and he goes, you can't quit. I said, what do you mean I can't quit? He says, you don't have enough talent. You'll starve without me. You can't quit. So I said, well, I'll starve, but I'm not going to work for a guy that's ripping people off. So he said, well, okay, but you're going to starve. And he said, but don't steal my, my clients. Don't steal our clients. I said, now, wait a minute. I'm useless. I have no value yet. You're worried that I'll steal your clients. He goes, yeah, don't steal my clients. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, no, I won't. I said, I don't have a non-compete, but I don't care. So I go home. My wife is in the kitchen crying. And I thought, oh my gosh, somebody called her because there's no cell phones, right? Back then. She's crying and I go, how are you doing? And she goes, oh gosh. I said, so what, what are you crying about? And she goes, well, our landlord came. He it, he just got a divorce and we are now going to be evicted in two weeks because his ex-wife gets our little apartment here. And I said, really? She said, yeah. Well, how was your day? <laughs> how was your day? <laughs> and I said, well, my day was I quit. So we have no income coming from me and in two weeks we'll have no home. So that's how I started my business. I decided I would start doing music those irritating little jingles on my own, try to make $2,000 a month to break even. And that was my big time visionary goal. So there you go, JD. That's how I started that business. <laughs> what year, what year did this happen? What year was it? Uh, way, way, way back. 1980, 1981, somewhere back there. All right. So 80, 81, you need two grand a month to cover your needs. That's right. Isn't it crazy to think back <laughs> yeah. Back to how little it took to, to, uh, to, to survive. I remember when I started my, my business in 2010, I had, I was an unemployed school teacher and I remember, uh, talking to my business partner at the time. It's like, look, I just need to make three grand a month. If I can make three grand a month, I'm cause my wife works like my, her money and my three grand were golden. And today it's like, Oh, like the, I, you know, somebody said I, like the life you used to pray for is the life you now despise or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's one like yeah. we used to pray for. I remember when I got hired at 45 grand as a salary one time and I was so excited wow, I'm over the moon yeah, about it. I get it. And, and now it's like 45,000 doesn't even pay. Like I can't, I can't live. I can't live on double that. Like that's, isn't that mm -hmm. nuts? That's, it's crazy. It's crazy how things change, but entrepreneurship gives us the opportunity to do it. So you started, was that LaBeouf? Did you, or was it, was it formal or are you just doing this on the side? What, what, how, how did you do your jingles and make your money? Um, well, what happened was I was still in my rock band and so I, I did not commit. So here's a mistake I made early on. 
I did not commit either to the rock band or to my business. So I had one foot in one and one foot in the other. So I was running my jingle business, which was called Above and Beyond, like Above and Beyond. And um, we were we were doing pretty well. And I had my rock band and we backed up John Cougar Mellencamp and we did a few concerts here or there and we were doing pretty good. And then uh, my father at the age of 63 passed away and it was a jolt to my life. And I thought, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to live either. You know, at the time I was 28 or whatever it was. Um, I said, I don't know what my life is going to be. I don't know if I have one minute left and I better enjoy my, my life. I better really enjoy the wonderful woman I've married. And I need to commit to something, even if it's not the right thing, I need to commit either to my band or to my business. And I chose the business not because I thought I'd make more money, but because I felt it was, now this was a personal thing for me, but I thought it was more fair. I felt that in business, and this is an entrepreneurial lesson, is in business in general, if you really commit and you really work hard and you try, 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 you'll probably do better than somebody who doesn't. Whereas in a rock band, it's a crapshoot. There, it, it is insanity. Uh, as far as who makes it, who doesn't, there's a lot of things behind the scene that have nothing to do with talent or hard work. So I chose, I finally made a decision because I made, I had years and years of straddling the fence. So I committed to this, this company, which originally was audio. It was, you know, a little bit of music and it was jingles. That's what I did. That, and, and it was the right thing. But I gave myself an out, kind of like what you did, J.D., when you're, you're doing your, uh, you know, your logging of all the things going on. I said to myself, look, I'll give you, Barry, six months. And if you don't want to run this business, I give you permission, Barry. I gave myself permission to say, OK, I gave it a shot. I committed. It's not right. And, uh, but I never looked back. It was the right decision. Above and beyond. So your music was on American Bandstand and your video was on YouTube. You can go watch that. So you go from American Bandstand to now entrepreneur. And uh, like if, if you could have, if you had guaranteed success in one or the other, like you knew you were going to succeed in one or the other, which would you have chosen? You know, nobody's ever asked me that question. Um, I would have chosen the path I'm on right now. I would have chosen really? it because, yeah, because the, the music path was filled with a lifestyle that I was not comfortable with, whether it was a lot of traveling and then there's a lot of, you know, there were drug use issues and other stuff going on. And I, I just am not comfortable with that. Um, so I, I'm very happy with that. One thing, and this might be of interest to uh as far as with the audience, I think that there's something that I learned. I thought my original love 
was music. And I felt that if I was running a company that was doing marketing and training for great companies, things like, like that, things like that, that I was actually selling out. But one day it occurred to me that music is not my true love when it comes to that. It's creativity is my true love. I love to be creative. And my company allows me to be creative in many different areas, whether I'm writing something or creating some training or whether we're doing a marketing program or it's a, we're renaming a company. I love creativity. So music was an outlet for that, but it wasn't the only outlet. So sometimes it's, you think, oh yeah, I just want to do blank. Well, think a little deeper, you know, maybe it's not just that. Maybe what you do want to do is do something in my case, creative. That is a very interesting um, point. And I think we should dive into that a little bit because what you discovered maybe by accident and then later realized it is that your, 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 um, desire to be in music, you know, playing drums with one hand, keyboard with the other and singing at the same time. That's beyond me, but all of that is a creative outlet. You know, there are artists among us. You must be one of those that, that have to exercise creativity. And then you started an entrepreneur as an entrepreneur in a company where again, the create it's all about creative. Uh, that's what it is. So you, you are a creative and that is your calling in life. That is the thing that God put you on the planet. It's like, you got to be creative. Barry, you got to go out there and create something great. And you're now doing it for businesses all over the world. Uh, so what, tell us a little bit about one of the fun projects of creativity that you've been able to work on in the corporate space with your company, LeBove. We've worked on so many great ones. I know you're a motorcyclist. Um, we work with Harley Davidson. They're a phenomenal company. And we launched their, their new EV electric motorcycle a few years back that's called Livewire. And that was a very exciting experience for us because number one, many of their dealers were going, look, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to have a motorcycle that doesn't have that thunder to it, that doesn't have that noise to it. And it, and is an EV. So we had to convince the dealers that, Hey, you know what? Harley started out 120 years ago as a strange thing it was a bicycle with a one cylinder motor on it. All right. And it was viewed as a bizarre thing. It was, they were viewed as crazy. And we said, is it really all that crazy to now look at an EV that Harley is now going to launch? And we thought, you know, it fits their great brand. They're iconic. They're known for doing innovative things. So what we did is we launched this, this product nationwide. Um, we ended up also launching worldwide. Uh, to really get people engaged in it. We launched other products after it, like the Pan America, which is a phenomenal bike of theirs worldwide. I bike. You do? Yeah, I got a pan. I bought, I bought it last May. I love it. Yeah. It's so much fun. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, 
uh, improve your sales process, decrease the sales cycle, because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dove. There's a special offer for Dove for listeners to the Root of All Success at therealjasonduncan.com slash Dove, and that's D-U-B-B. What Dove does, I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they're our uh, primary sponsor of the podcast. But they have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better, to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. And it's built, Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting, uh, anything you need around video and sales and automation, Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. And there you're going to get two weeks for free to try Dub. Plus, you're going to get 50% off your first two months of Dub. You can't, you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. We launched that bike. and Really? Yes, we launched that bike. And worldwide. And we engaged because it was a new area for Harley-Davidson dealers to get into. It's a slightly different um, type of audience. And so we had to see that one of their challenges at Harley was success. If you're a dealer, it's like, wait a minute, I've been running this dealership for, you know, 20, 30, 80 years, whatever. And Harley's the best. So I don't pay attention to the competition out there because I sell the very best Harley. Well, all of a sudden now the Pan America comes, it's a slightly different segment of rider that has some very strong competition. And we had to engage those dealers. We had to say, look, let's learn about this bike. Let's learn about the competition. Let's not just be so internally focused that we think, well, since we're Harley, we're the best. No, no, let's work harder than that. Let's come on, dig in, you know, come on, let's learn about this product and let's learn about this segment so that we can explain to our customers, Hey, this is where we are differentiated, which is, you know, one of my buzzwords in my life. I love differentiation. That's what everything is about. And that's what we did. So we helped convince the dealers to learn enough and to identify the uniqueness or distinctiveness in that product so that they could sell it. And it's been a huge hit and it's, I think it's an amazing bike. Well, it's, it's, I think it's the number one selling bike worldwide for them has been for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's true, but I, I, that's what I think is true. Yeah. Um, my story with that bike is I remember when it was launched back in, I think it launched in, was it 19? Was it 19 or 20? I think it was 20. Yeah. 20. So, so when they launched it, it was, I'd never ridden an adventure bike ever in my entire mm -hmm. life. I never rode dirt bikes. I mean, I had, I had a friend who had one and I rode for a minute, but like I, that wasn't my thing. I didn't actually start riding motorcycles till I was 30, but, but I, but I saw that bike and I thought, Hmm, that's interesting that Harley's doing this because Harley was coming out when they did that, they were coming out with the Pan America. And there was a street fighter or Bronx. It was the Bronx or something. It was going to be mm -hmm. like a, like yeah. a, uh, like a, 
um, a sport bike and they had, I think there was three like yes. pretty distinct new things. I don't know. Were you behind all three of those? Yeah. Or? Yeah, we were. Yeah. So all three of the Bronx, was it the Bronx, the street fighter and the, mm -hmm. and the, and the Pan America was other the three. Am I yeah. remembering that correct? Yes. Wow. Good memory, I guess. But, mm -hmm. but I remember seeing the, the Pan America thinking, well, that's cool. That's interesting because I knew I've got friends that ride BMW GSs, which is what Harley's competing against with the Pan America. And I just looked at it and paid attention to it. And I went to a show and saw some of the bikes. And then I did a ride of one and I was blown away how powerful it's 150 horsepower, 125 foot pounds of torque. It's only weighs 500 ish pounds. So that's a lot of horsepower and torque for a small bike. And, um, I, but I didn't buy one. <laughs> I didn't buy one until this past May. And I bought, I traded in the street, uh, road glide for this bike well. and, the first day loved it. Second day loved it. Third day I got off road with it and I wrecked for the first, I didn't really wreck the bike went down, but, and I, I was like, I don't like this bike. <laughs> and so I tried to sell it and then I, then I, you know, didn't sell it, kept it and went on a couple of off-road rides with some friends. And now I love it. It's so much fun. But to know that you were behind the launch of that, like I'm a, I bought it because of partly because of what you did. So way to go. Congrats. Well, so you listen, Harley, this guy needs to do all your stuff. <laughs> well, hey, Harley's great. We're, we are working with them today. I love them. Um, I've ridden a heritage classic for years, so I, I love the brand. They're great people, lots of passion. The one thing we did with the dealers that was a little unique was we gave them, and this is something that's interesting, I think, um, we gave the dealerships a chance to compete. So there was a, a contest um, dealership against dealership to perform certain tasks every month. So instead of just giving them a training program, say, Hey, here's all the information on the bike. We would say, Hey, here's, here's a task. Uh, for instance, go, uh, ride some competitive bikes in this segment. It's an adventure bike. So go ride some competitive adventure bikes. Okay. Do that. Okay. Another one might be the next month. Invite current customers in to talk to them about this bike, to get feedback on what they think of this before this bike comes out and do they have interest? So you learn from your customers. So every month we gave them tasks to do and it culminated in go out on adventure bikes, competitive adventure bikes and videotape yourself and send it in. Okay. So they did. So we have videos from all over the world with Harley Davidson dealers, whether they're near the Alps or in Venezuela or wherever, riding competitive adventure bikes. And they all got points for this and it culminated in the, the winners being invited to a big event. But the point was we engaged people to experience things. We didn't just tell them, we said, go out, try these bikes, you know, videotape yourself on there. And what it did, JD, was I think it really, it informed them on what this segment was. It was a new area for them. I mean, hard to believe for Harley Davidson. They uh, Decades ago, they were in adventure bikes, but they hadn't been in years. But they wanted a new audience to come in like yourself. They wanted somebody to come in that says, wait a minute, I'm kind of into this. A little bit of off-roading, it's kind of cool. And the best way to do it was to get the very people who represent the bike to fall in love with it. And to understand it and to be able to say, this is what makes it unique or different. And that's what they did. So again, you went to a dealer and the dealer got into it and 
said, Jason, you got to check this out. Here's what this does. Oh, here's what the so-and-so competitor does. We do this a little differently. That's how it works. So let's talk about that differentiation because you've used that word and that is the that the power of differentiation is your new book that's coming out. So what does differentiation mean and then why is it important? Well, here's the thing. I, I think this is the most important thing I can say about differentiation. First of all, it's like a 15 letter word and it's like six syllables and it's a mouthful, but I can't find a better word than that. Okay. You could say distinctiveness, uniqueness, whatever, but here's what's interesting. And we, we share this with our clients. Um, you would think the idea of a book called The Power of Differentiation is that it's all about how a brand can sell more products by positioning itself better. You think, okay, that's where it begins and ends. Well, the book is partially about that, but here's the, the big issue. And it's the subtitle of the book as well. And the book is The Power of Differentiation, and it's Win Hearts, Minds, and Market Share. So winning the hearts and minds of the people who build your product or service your product, sell your product first about what makes what you do or build different, not superior necessarily. So great example, JD, everybody talked about Harley. There could be an argument on your program. You could bring a BMW fan in to talk about his or her bike, and you could get into a friendly argument on which bike is superior. But in essence, they are different. There's a differentiation between the two. It doesn't mean one is superior and the other one is inferior, but it does mean there's a uniqueness. There's something special. There's a reason why this bike was created this way. It was designed this way. So number one, what we do is my company goes in, talks to clients, goes into their factories, into their plants, if they're manufacturers, if they're service companies, we go into their facilities and we actually do what we call a technical immersion. We go in and we immerse ourselves in the product itself because we believe your brand lives inside your product. So for instance, the Harley Davidson brand lives inside that product you bought. So there's something about it that's a Harley. It could be the sound. It could be the, the design. It could be the chrome, whatever it is. We determine that. So we determine what is unique, what's distinct about this product, the features, the technology. And we find a way to communicate it. We may name it. We may uh, define it in a certain way. But here's, here's what's so important to the audience. 99% of all companies that think they have something unique, they then promote it to the world. We say, no, you find out what makes it unique and you're able to define it and you communicate it and celebrate it with the people who represent your product. They could build it, they could sell it. Like I said earlier, you share it with the people who are behind it. Now, here's what's interesting. Okay. So I, I think this is, this fits every entrepreneur listening. All right. If your people see that there's a launch and let's say you don't get it, you don't get the message that we're trying to share today and you have this really cool product and you launch it to the world and a Jason goes into the uh, dealership and he goes, yeah, yeah. What, what is this uh, Pan America thing? And the dealer goes, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, 
they just shipped it here. I, I don't know. I guess it's a good bike. Nobody, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I'm, I mean, whatever, you know, and JD might say, well, yeah, but it says this and that, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. If that dealer or the person on the line who's building that beautiful Harley Davidson bike, if they don't believe they're not going to represent it well, but think about it, everybody who has employees are the employees of a company who have no engagement level on that new product. Are they going to care about the quality? Are they going to work harder to make sure that product's perfect? No. And to the, to the leaders of the company, are you going to be able to retain those employees? Are they going to stay there? No, they're just, they're just putting bolts on things. They don't care. Right? So what we say is you determine what makes that product unique or distinct. You're able to package it, say, here's what it is, whatever. And then you launch it and celebrate it first to your employees and the people who represent it, then to the world. And that's what we focus on. We make sure that the person on the line cares. JD, I'll share one very quick story. I work with a wonderful company called Rev Group. They are the leaders in ambulances worldwide. They're best ambulances, sell the most ambulances. I was on the line one day at one of their ambulance plants. I talked to a, a young guy there that, who works there and I said, hey, what do you do? And he said, I plug in wire harnesses. I said, okay, all right, what else? He goes, sometimes I'll tighten a bolt. I said, okay. And he says, I'm thinking of leaving. I can make 25 cents more an hour down the street at a marshmallow factory. So I said, marshmallow factory, huh? He goes, yeah. I said, okay. So now this is the power of differentiation, JD. I said, okay, you realize each one of these ambulances that is going down the line. So they're boxes, everybody. And they put the boxes on top of a chassis. So each one of these boxes will last about 10 years. And he goes, yep. I said, now every year there are 4,000 accidents involving ambulances as they're going through intersections. He goes, uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. Okay. I said, okay. So these, each one of these ambulances is dealing with accidents going on all the time. And in their lifetime, they will have 100,000 people in them. That, that would be the driver, could be the EMT techs, uh, could be the patient and it could be the patient's family. I said, there will be a hundred thousand people in each one of these units in their lifetime, each one of these dozens of units going down the line. And he said, well, what are you saying? I said, well, each one of these units protects or saves a hundred thousand people in its lifetime. And he said, well, I never thought I was in the life-saving business. I thought I was in the wire harness business. Everybody, our people need to feel in the case like that, that they're in the life-saving business because they are. And what I'm saying to entrepreneurs who are listening, you might say, well, that's a nice story. No, no, it's a smart story too, because that individual is more likely if he feels he's making a difference and he's actually doing something to save lives, he'll probably plug in the wire harness, tighten the bolt, and he may even stop the line if it's not being done the right way. And you know what? You'll probably retain him easier. He'll be the guy that goes to the bar and is drinking a beer. And he's talking about, well, you know, what do you do for a living? I, I honestly, I I'm in the life-saving business as opposed to I tighten bolts and plug in wire harnesses. That's the power of 
identifying and celebrating it with your people. That is a, that's a great modern take on an old story I'd heard about a, about a bricklayer building a cathedral guy went up to, he saw all the people, you've probably heard the story. There's people out working on this cathedral and he walks up to one man. He said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm laying bricks. He goes up to another guy and said, what are you doing? He says, I'm building a cathedral to God. Right. You know, it's just that perspective, you know, who's doing a better job. So for me, what I'm hearing you say is that differentiation is about being really, really, really clear on the vision of what's trying to be accomplished. And that vision must be communicated to the, to the shareholders first, then it needs to be communicated to the people that will actually purchase, will actually become customers. That's what I hear you saying. That Am is I exactly interpreting it. it correctly. A plus 100%. Well, I want to show you something. Um, that's what I was looking at when I ducked off screen here for a second. I, I, uh, I collect license plates. Mm -hmm. As you can see over my shoulder, I've got one from Denmark and I've got one from, um, I think that is Samoa over my right shoulder there. I can't remember where it comes from off the top of my head, but I've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these things. And every year on my vehicles, I get a new uh, vanity plate of some kind. Well, this is one from back in 2017. What do you think? Mm, love it. <laughs> it says different. I love D-I-F-R-E-N-T. Uh, because I, because I understand that, you know, differentiation is important, but it's not, and I, I think, I, I think I say this before I've said this before, and I know you will agree with this. At least I think you would, is that in marketing, it's not about being the best. It's about being differentiated enough where people can remember that's, right. that's, that's really what it's about. And, you know, people remember Harley's for all the reasons that the way they sound, the way they look, et cetera, are. Japanese bikes are starting to look a whole lot the same, yes. but you still remember Harley differently than everything else because they've communicated that vision internally. Well, let's, uh, let me kind of turn our attention now to the idea of success because you, you've been very successful in differentiating your customers. Uh, you've, you've won awards to that, to that effect. So what would, what would you say, Barry is your one key? that has allowed you to be as successful as you are? That's a great question. Uh, my one key is to make it a team effort, not, not the Barry show or the JD show, but the team to focus on team on strengths and engage the people around you. And that's what I did at my company. I never felt I was the boss. I was one of the guys in the band. And that's how I, I look at. It. So engage it as a team, make it a team sport best you can. Even if you're the only employee at your company, engage others around you to want you to do well because you're trying to help them do well. And how do you Barry, define that word success? I think success is if it was your last day on earth, would you go, oh crap, I need to apologize to all these people. I need to undo this, this and that. Or do you think, hey, you know what? The people who I love know I love them. Uh, the friends know I really care. There's nobody at this moment that I could finally give something to that I should have. I've treated people again, being human, nobody's perfect, but I've treated people well and that the world's a tiny bit better because I was there because I believed in people, because I gave people a chance. 
by that definition, do you consider yourself to be a successful person? I do. I do. I'm humble about it. I mean, it's kind of like bragging if you say you're humble, but I, I, I do feel I am successful. I do have a strong faith. I have a wife who I think is great. I love my family. I love my grandkids. I love my team, love my clients. So I do feel I'm successful. And as you, as you think about all your levels of success that you've achieved both personally, financially, uh, business-wise, et cetera, if you could speak, which you can directly to the listeners who are listening to this show right now and give them one piece of advice that will help them become successful. And you've already talked about a team effort, so you can't double down on that. You got to do something different. What's that one piece of advice that you would give them? Don't compromise what makes you unique. Do not compromise on it. Others may not understand it. They may not buy in and your employees may think, oh my gosh, it's what a hassle to go do, blah, blah, blah. Do not compromise on what makes you unique because that may be the only reason you're in business. Don't compromise on your uniqueness. Do that's, not that's, cut that's, corners on it. You can cut corners uh, on things that aren't important, but don't cut corners <laughs> on what makes you unique or distinct. We told everybody at the top of the show that we were going to give them the opportunity to pre-order your book, The Power of Differentiation. And and if I remember the subtitle is it was Win Hearts, Minds, and Market Share, right? Yes, it is. Thank you. All right. Yeah. So uh so if you want to get a copy of this book, here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna to go to Barry Labove, and that's L-A-B-O-V, L-A-B-O-V dot com. Go to BarryLabove.com, and there's gonna be a place on there for you to pre-order a copy of his book. And you want to read it. I mean, this guy's obviously working with huge brands across the world. He understands differentiation and it's not just about being weird. It's not just about showing up differently, but it's about communicating that vision in a deep, deep way so that the shareholders are bought in. And I, I love that, that perspective. Uh, Barry, I want to give you the opportunity to have the last word on this episode. So I'm going to turn it over to you and it's all up to you to have the last word in our conversation before I close out the show with the outro. Thank you, JD. I, I, I hope there were some valuable things that you and I talked about today for the audience, because I'm not here for myself. I'm here for the audience uh, because uh, my heart goes out to all the people who are trying to create something, grow something and be entrepreneurs. So I urge the only thing I say is I urge you to continue the battle with pride by being vulnerable, facing where your shortcomings are, but also standing up for what you believe in and where you are distinct. So I'll hand it back to you, JD. That's great. Well, I want to say a big thanks to uh, Barry for being on the show today. You know, we just got introduced, uh, I think, through podcast booking agencies, which is a way I get introduced to a lot of my guests. But this has been a really special conversation and connection with Barry. And I think I, I can hear his heart and what he's trying to accomplish and what he's been able to accomplish. And so I want to encourage everybody listening to go check him out at BarryLabove.com. That's BarryLabove, L-A-B-O-V.com. Order a copy of his book, The Power of Differentiation, Learn How to Win Hearts, Minds, and Market Share. And I think this goes back to, to what I, I've said many times on this show and for my clients is that we've got to make sure as the architect of our business, as the owner, the founder of our business, we've got to do three things. Number one, we got to set the vision. Number two, we have to communicate that vision to our people. And then number three, 
You need to build the asset. So what we talked about today is that second thing is that that communicate communicating that vision. That's what the power of differentiation really is all about. So big thanks again to Barry for being on the show and thank you for listening. And I have a request before we close out today. I haven't asked for this in quite some time. So I want to ask listeners before you hit the, the, you know, the fast forward button to go to the next show. Let me ask you to do this. This show is published through Spotify and Megaphone, but it goes to every podcast player. So wherever you're listening, thank you for doing that. But it's also published on YouTube. And so you, some of you may be watching this right now on YouTube and my, my subscribers have gone up, uh, I don't know, a few hundred over the last couple of months, but I'm still in the thousand, 1200 ish. I'm not, I haven't gotten there. So I'm being vulnerable, letting you know that I'm not where I want to be. I'd like to have tens of thousands of subscribers. Why? Because I think that the content I'm delivering helps give families, their fathers back. It helps gives kid, kids, their dads back because that's who I serve. I serve male entrepreneurs to get out of the weeds of operations, to get back to the things that are most important in life. And that's family and those that are close to you without giving up the business. That's what exit without exiting is all about. So please do me a favor. Here's my request. Go over to YouTube, look up the real Jason Duncan. And in there is a playlist and the playlist is called the root of all success. It's my podcast playlist. Would you please subscribe to that? Please become a subscriber. And if you want to hit the bell icon, you can. I don't care about that. That's up to you. But but make sure you hit the bell, uh, hit the subscribe button. And let's see if we can get some more subscribers so that we can deliver this type of content to more people. So please tune again and again next time when I talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, as always, I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is king. Attention business owners. Attention business owners. Feeling burnout from running your business? Uncertain if you're nearing burnout? Take our free 10-question business burnout test at businessburnouttest.com to discover where you stand. With just 10 quick questions, you'll learn how to immediately begin making changes to regain freedom and success. Cut your daily operations time in half. Improve your quality of life and prepare your business for your future exit without losing revenue or profit. Visit businessburnouttest.com now and take the test. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.